Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You are joining us here for episode 44. Happy to have you back. Thanks for coming back to us after a brief break. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we last checked in with you and we appreciate your patience. Man, spring is here and time is just hard to find some days. And I'm here, uh, I'm Tom, I'm, I'm here and I'm Tom. And I'm joined with, uh, with and by, and as always, Jim. Jim, how are you? And can you find the words that I can't find this this day? <laughs> oh, the wheels are off, and we're not even forty seconds into this show today. Uh, I'm good, Tom. I am good. It is uh, hoodie weather again. All of a sudden, we had some eighties and almost nineties here within the last week, and all of a sudden it's sixty-two degrees. That's the high today. Not it's not sixty-two right now. Like it's not even fifty. Um, but I love hoodie weather, so I'm okay with this. Um, it, yeah, it's very nice. So I'm looking forward to it. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Uh, hope you have a chance to get together with some family and friends and throw some sort of meat on a grill or or vegetables on a grill, if that's your thing, whatever. Um, no no judgment here, but uh, there's definitely going to be some meat on the grill on Monday. If it doesn't rain, I think it might rain Monday, but we'll find out. Um, some well, point, something's getting grilled. After the warm temps that we had, coming into a holiday weekend with less than those, it's kind of a bummer. But again, we're still going to make the most of it. See, and I, for me, mid-60s to mid-70s, that's my sweet spot right there, temperature-wise. So this, this is okay. Anyways, this isn't a weather podcast. Um, not that we haven't We skew that direction, though, like every fifth episode. <laughs> that's right. What's the weather like where you are, Tom? Uh, so welcome back, though. Uh, we are excited to be back. Yeah, life got in the way last week, and Hey, it happens from time to time. You guys know that. If you've stuck with us through 44 episodes of this iteration of the podcast, you know that just sometimes life is going to get in the way. So in, uh, what, 54, 55 weeks, we've gotten 44 episodes out. That's not all bad. That's not all bad. I know you kudos to those those podcasts, um, especially the non-professionals like ourselves um, who, do, who are able to crank one out every single week. Um, Kudos to those folks because it's it's hard. I know it's hard to find the time. Even the ones that we do get to record, sometimes um, we're we're cranking out at early in the morning or late at night or those kinds of things. So kudos to all of you who are doing that weekly, and we're going to try to be as weekly as we possibly can. Saying that, we've got obviously the big thing today is uh, we're doing our head to head on Double or Nothing, and this is a little bit weird in that we're going to do our head to head before the go home shows. Go Home Show airs uh, on Friday evening, reporting this early Friday morning. Um, I guess that's not totally rare, though, on the WWE side, because we pretty much always record before SmackDown happens. Um, but for AEW, this is definitely a, a different situation. So we'll talk about that when we get there. But before we get to AEW, uh, we just wanted to kind of do some quick hits on WWE. We didn't get a chance to recap Backlash. We're not going to do a big recap on Backlash, because why would we do that to you? Um, that, that sounds mean, but, um, Tom saw, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep just saying backlash. Tom saw WrestleMania backlash. Um, I did not. I have read the results. I know what happened. Um, apparently Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but WWE seems to be at a spot where they think it's October because we had zombies at WrestleMania backlash. And now we have Hell in a Cell as the next pay-per-view. So it's, Our, septem it's September, October, or October, November? Is what something you're saying? like that. Something has happened. I, it, 
WWE is on a different calendar than the rest of us, I think. What in the world is going on? Tom, what did you think of uh, what you saw at WrestleMania Backlash? Yeah, it was – so the, the, big, the big thing that, you know, if anyone is lukewarm on WWE or you've kind of it's grown stale or, the, you know, you peaked at WrestleMania and now you're like, okay, I'll, I'll wait till SummerSlam to get back on board or to tune in, which is you – know, there's a lot of SummerSlam rumors out there, uh, plus with their return to in-person live events, which is exciting, which I know we'll talk about here momentarily um, – Roman Reigns and Cesaro was was a really really fun and in high quality match. Uh, the outcome was, you know, as we would anticipate, and it doesn't seem like they're finishing that yet. Um, I'm interested to see how that continues to build. Um, that was that was the highlight of the night for me. And again, the in ring stuff was 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 not anything to be like, oh my gosh, I wasted two and a half hours of my life. But there's this, this for me personally. There's a stagnancy in the WWE main product when it comes to pay per views and and Raw. SmackDown's been the highlight programming for for WWE for me. Um, outside of you know the the spotlights of things on NXT. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's really what it was. I I, I didn't watch live on the Sunday night that it aired. Uh, you know, family stuff uh, worked uh, against that, but I, I did remain spoiler free and tuned in and watched it kind of through in two chunks on on Monday on Peacock the day following. Yeah, that's I mean, but again, in the in the end, nothing to write home about. Which again, I'm wondering I'm wondering what the why there. Um, and you, you might disagree because we, the, you know, zombies. So we'll get to zombies in a second, I'm sure. You know, you said nothing to write home about. And you're like, dude, zombies. Um, <laughs> you know, is WWE really just kind of like playing everything close to the vest until they can get back out in front of live crowds? And it sounds like, or it appears to me, with what they've announced, they've announced six dates as of, as of when we're recording. And there, it looks like it's just the SmackDown pay-per-view and raw like live attendance. They're not doing like touring. They're not doing house shows yet. I think by the fall, we could be in a spot where that happens, but for, for, for the other kind of intents and purposes, it's, it's wise to just do your live TV and have, you know, whatever capacity those cities are able to host, get kind of the real crowd reactions back in the building. And and I'm going to be really interested to see come middle of July um, what, what that's like, um, that actually is going to coincide with a family camping trip. So, uh, I may be able to watch, uh, money in the bank, uh, live and in person, but then that raw and that SmackDown, I'll be on the road for those. So I'll be catching up, uh, not as bad as WrestleMania and takeover from April, uh, but something similar. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so again, obviously I watch live and that's my take. You, you read results and you were able to kind of look back on things. You know, what did you think of, you know, in the in the aftermath of, of WrestleMania backlash? I, yeah, I agree with the staleness or the stagnancy. I, I hope you're right that they're playing it close to the vest before the live events return. Um, but I also fear you might be giving them too much credit. Um, and, and that's my, my fear. And But I hope you're right because, man, especially on the Raw side, you're right. It's I, I posted a thing on our, our friends group uh, last week that, you know, on I, well, this Monday night, I think it was, might have been last week, but I think it was this week. 
uh, Natalia and Tamina defended the tag titles against Nia and Shayna. It is the, I think it was fifth time since WrestleMania, counting WrestleMania, that we've seen that exact tag match. We've also seen some singles matches between them, which at least that's something a little different. And we saw a six-woman six uh, tag uh, last week on SmackDown, I think it was, uh, involving Bailey and Bianca as well. Uh, but five times we've seen the just the straight tag match, Nia and Tamina against, or Nia and Tamina, Nat- Natty and Tamina against Nia and Shayna. Too much, you know. I, I don't mind. I know they're in a feud. I get it, and it, and I don't mind when you do, especially with a tag feud like singles matches, and you know, because like they're doing that with um, RK Bro and and the New Day, and you know AJ and Almost and uh, Elias and Jackson Riker, which that's just that whole thing is just weird to me. Um, I, I don't know. It just yeah, the stagnancy. I I can't watch Raw at this point. I just can't. I'm bored. Um, SmackDown has been pretty good. I because I have Hulu. Um, I don't get to watch it live on Fridays because I don't have Hulu live anymore. We just have Hulu, um, and it usually actually doesn't show up until Sunday, uh, sometime. Not even first thing in the morning on Sunday, which is a little annoying. Uh, for whatever reason, events that happen live that Hulu gets, this happened uh, with American Idol as well. And yes, I just outed myself that I watch American Idol. But um, I, I don't care. I enjoy the show. Sue me. Um, the live shows on that, along with SmackDown, um, and I and I think Raw must be this way too, but again, I just don't even pay attention, uh, don't show up like first thing the next morning. They show up a day or two later. It takes longer is what Hulu says. I don't quite understand why. But anyways, that was a long way to get to the point that because I have Hulu, it's an hour and 24 minutes, I think, SmackDown is. And yeah, there's commercial breaks, but on Hulu, they're real short. They're usually 30 seconds or a minute, um, maybe a minute and a half. So it goes pretty quick through SmackDown. And I've enjoyed a lot of what I've seen on SmackDown. It's not a perfect show by any means. Obviously, there's things to there. But man, I think it's that, that three hours of Raw, and it's just the same thing every week. Um so I, I guess I'm curious to see where do they go moving forward. Well, I, and with, I, with a, I'm sorry to jump in, but with a talent roster as deep as they have, yes, like that 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 that's why it doesn't make sense. Like I recognize there's only so much TV time, but there's so much TV time. That's it, right? And, and like to give us the same twelve people, and I'm making that number up flippantly, but right, like come on. Like, you don't go to Baskin-Robbins and get the same freaking flavor every single time. That's why it's called 31 Flavors. <laughs> I love it. I haven't been to Baskin-Robbins in so long. Now I want ice cream. Do they even um, exist? That's the question. That just I'm, I'm, That's a nostalgia statement for me. <laughs> right. I think they do actually still exist. Um, but again, we're not an ice cream podcast. Um, is there an ice cream podcast? That might be a market for us, Tom. Uh, but uh, I, yeah. It's just it's maddening, and when you have the when you have talent, you know I don't have the talent list in front of me, and that would be a whole other podcast we could go through sometime. It would be to really look at the main roster and, and NXT for that matter, but the main roster and talk about okay, yep, these guys are featured every single week. Here's some people that we see every six weeks, and here's some people that wow, I forgot they were on the main roster because that would happen. I have no doubt. Um, you, you look at Umberto Carrillo, who at least they're doing something with now, but for months. He wouldn't be around. And now, you know, they're trying to do a little something with him and Ricochet, and that's good. Um, Ricochet. Oh, Ricochet. I like Ricochet. 
And then he went and opened his mouth on Twitter. Oh, Ricochet. Did you see the the uh, Io Shirai tweet, Tom? I did not, no. Uh, they had called Io... Uh, they asked who one of the who the best high flyer in WWE was, and they had like four options. And EO was one of them, maybe Rey Mysterio. Ricochet wasn't on there. Now, do I think that was an oversight to ask who the best high flyer in WWE is and not put Ricochet on there? I do. Um he made a comment on Twitter about, you know, not taking anything away from EO. She's, you know, everybody says she's great and she is, but I can do everything she can do and more. And I'm like, dude. I mean, Sure, and 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 that's that's probably not the right thing to say. However, I'm sure his ego, by not being on that list to begin with, right, you know, was pretty dinged up. It, if you say, "Hey, hi, I'm here," you know, what about me? Absolutely, I'm good with that. Don't single out one of those four. And to be honest, in this climate, in today's world, don't single out the woman. <laughs> And say you can do everything she could do, you could do better. Um, just, oh man, I understand ego, but sometimes you got to set the phone down, not tweet things, man. Um, like just I mean, here's the, here's the alternative: not to excuse his behavior, but you know, let's let's put him on TV and and, and you know, make him a featured performer, and then he has better use of his time, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and he can you know wear Seamus's hat and stuff. Um, you know, so I mean, they are doing some things with with talent that we haven't seen before, and that's on the raw side. So you know, I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth when I say that. But yet, like the women's tag division thing, like goodness, we can't build anybody else. Um, even the women's singles division on Raw, there are three women that mean anything, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that Oscar's meaning that much anymore. Um, you know, look at look at Monday Night Raw this week. This, this annoyed me to no end. Nikki Cross, they have a beat the clock challenge with her and Rhea for two minutes. She lasts the two minutes and acts like she won the world title at WrestleMania. So she's just thrilled. She didn't beat the champ. She's just thrilled. She was actually able to last two minutes with the champ. Well, you, it, it makes Nikki Cross look terrible. It's just like, come on. Um, I don't know. I mean, for her though, I don't I don't blame her for celebrating. She was doing nothing before. Right, right. She got two minutes of TV time, which is more than she's gotten in the last six months. So uh I just yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating to watch and it's frustrating to to see that. Um I agree with you on the SmackDown side. I disagree with you, however, a little bit, Tom. Um I I, I don't think the Cesaro Reigns thing is going anywhere. I think it's a backdrop now for what I expect to be Rollins and Cesaro in the cell. Um, and, and Rollins is a, a whole new level of his character. I've really kind of enjoyed this, you know, madman almost now. Um, he's gone, you know, I know he's the the SmackDown savior, I think, is the new kind of pivot from Monday Night Messiah. Um, but he's not necessarily, like, he's just gone off the deep end at this point. Um, and I've kind of enjoyed, you know, almost a Joker-esque um, without, you know, and I hope they don't go totally there with, like, face paint and stuff. I mean, let's not you know, totally go off the deep end with that. But I, I don't know. I've enjoyed Rollins. And and I think Rollins and Cesaro, if they do have that match inside the cell, which is probably the feud that makes the most sense to end up inside of the cell, um, that could be really, really good. Um, and I, and I, hope, 
I, I'm a little fearful that they're gonna that they put Rollins over in the cell and then Cesaro moves back down to like mid card. Um, and you and I have talked about that that we hope this isn't what you know it isn't like this couple of months Cesaro comes up and then we push him right back down. Um, I'm a little fearful, and I guess maybe that's maybe I have PTSD because they've done that so many times to guys I like. But um, but I think I just feel like, and I hope I'm wrong on that. I'd love to see Cesaro and Reigns in the cell, but I, I think Cesaro and Rollins is probably where they're heading. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, zombies. Let's just talk zombies real quick. Actually, you and I talked a little bit about this before we clicked record. And and the funny thing is, I don't know that you and I hated this as much as some people might think we would have hated it. Am I thrilled there were zombies? No. Does it make any sense in May to have zombies? No. <laughs> Again, I feel like WWE thinks we're in the fall. Um, Maybe they knew it was going to be 60 degrees in Nebraska today, and they're like, it feels like fall. Let's book zombies in Hell in a Cell. Um, I, but, you know, looking at the reports, they got a million bucks to put zombies on on this show uh, because of the tie-in with, with Batista's movie on Netflix, which I agree with you, Tom. The trailer kind of makes it look like a fun zombie action flick. You know, I mean, is it going to win any Academy Awards? No, but it's a zombie movie. You're just looking for stuff to blow up and, you know, get scared out of your couch a couple of times and, you know, I mean, have some fun, eat some popcorn. Um, I, you know, here's, the, this is going to sound really morbid when I say this, Tom. In some ways it worked out well that the Miz tore his ACL in that match um, and get well soon, Miz, we'll see in six months. Um, because the zombies ate the Miz at the end of the match, I guess. I, I don't know. I didn't see it, but apparently that was the insinuation they engulfed him or whatever. And now we're not going to see him for a long time. So I guess it worked. The zombies ate him and Miz is gone. I don't know. I'm trying to make chicken salad out of something else here. But, um, I, it, you know, they got a lot of money to do it. I get why you do it. It's, it's. I think your phrase to me, Tom, was they're an entertainment company. Um, and they are. But uh, how did it come off? I, I haven't seen it. Um, I admit I have not gone back to seek out zombies. Um, how did it come off as you watched it, Tom? And, and you were spoiler-free on it, so you didn't know the zombie thing was happening. As you saw it play out, how did you react? Yeah, so, like, they were kind of in the background. Like, so Miz and Morrison were doing some, like, you know, before the match stuff in, in the backstage area. And then, and that's when you first saw the zombies. So then when they came out, like, after the introductions, um, I mean, you, it wasn't the first time you saw them, so you weren't just like, what's going on? And then there was, of course, the... Uh, they, they they noted that Batista had tweeted, you know, some of his friends were going to come to the show. And therefore, the friends were the zombies, which is weird because he's opposing the zombies based on the trailer I saw. <laughs> so, I mean. It, and then he quickly uh, backed away, too, because somebody was like, somebody tweeted at him, like, you know, what was that crap or something? He's like, hey, talk to the studio, not me. <laughs> I'm like. So you promoted it, but then you were like, not my fault. Didn't do it. <laughs> He's already gotten his checks. So he does. Right? I mean, like, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I, 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 when it's, when it's WWE, I've learned that I just don't have, um, a high bar for like, <laughs> you know, expectations of like, and when things like that happen, I go, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not surprising. So the more exciting thing, let's leave let's leave zombies in the dust, uh, is the return to live events. So about a week and a half or so ago, um, 
and we would have probably covered it a week ago if we would have recorded it, is they've announced that they are going back in-person live events. Uh, first three shows, uh, Friday, July 16th in Houston, Sunday the 18th in Fort Worth, Texas for Money in the Bank, and then Dallas Monday the 19th as uh, the fallout show from Money in the Bank, which will be fun to, to see. Um, I won't live because I will be up in a tent in Northern Michigan. Um, pray for me now, please. I'm not a camper by nature. Uh, and then following that week, uh, Friday, July 23rd in Cleveland, Friday the 30th in, in Minneapolis, and that there's a Monday the 26th date that I, I know that's been announced, but I don't have the city here. It's somewhere, I think, in the Midwest area. St. Louis, um, I want to say, but that's a little bit of a guess. Sure, yeah. Midwest. Yep. Kansas yep. City, St. Louis, something like that. Sure. Yeah. So, so that's exciting. So, so having fans come back to live events and then the rumor, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you've heard this rumor is that SummerSlam will be in Las Vegas at the new Raiders stadium, which I believe has a roof that can open. I, I think you're right. Um, and I, I had seen yesterday that it was, there were like five NFL stadiums that were rumored. I saw Vegas as one of them. And, and I'll admit my first thought was, yeah, it's probably Vegas. Although I will say, <clears throat> Having been in Vegas over Labor Day weekend uh, back in 2009, sitting, I, I, they may want to close that roof and just turn the air on because sitting in the sun in Vegas in August, assuming it's in, you know, assuming it's in late August as normal, huh, yuck, swamp city. Um, it's it, it's going to be a fragrant stadium in August. For and, and, and that's a big stadium to fill. I mean, that's like, you know, we're, you're talking, you know, even if there are capacity limits and you would think that they may, they may be more relaxed come August, you know, Michigan is opening up for outdoor capacity stadiums on Monday that you can go back to 100% capacity, which is super exciting. Are, I'm not sure what Nevada is doing. I haven't looked. but uh, Yeah. So, so with that in mind, um, that's, you know, yeah. they, they're going to they're gonna have to bring something big to the table. So we talk about the stagnancy. You know, you can't be I, I know I know people are going to want to crave that live event experience. And I think that's broader than pro wrestling. I think that's sports. I think that's concerts. I think that's fairs and festivals. Nonetheless, you got to give people the reason to spend their money. Right. And if you give people the reason to spend the money, people will do it at this point. Um and I know it, it I know he often does, but um Garth Brooks is is doing some stadium shows again. He is coming in August to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, they sold 90,000 tickets in 90 minutes. Wow. Uh, now, Garth often sells very, very well. I was a little curious. We considered getting tickets, um, but I'll admit there's still a little, and maybe it's pandemic PTSD, um, there's still a little bit of me that's like, 90,000 people, I don't know if I really want that. But there's also a part of me that even pre-COVID, to be perfectly honest, is kind of at a point in my life where 90,000 people is just a lot of people. And I don't know if I want to do that anyways. Um, getting in, getting out, parking, all of those kinds of things. Um, eh, I just, that doesn't, that's not fun for me anymore. You know, I, if I never attend another WrestleMania live, I'll probably be okay. Um, just because of the number of people that are in and out, um, you know, for those kinds of things. So, so if there is a thing people want to see, that's what I'm saying. There's money to be made there. There is tickets to be sold. There are people that will go. Um, I, and I'm excited to see, um, you know, we're going to talk about AEW in just a minute here, but they're going to be at, at full capacity at Daly's place, which is about 5,000 people um, for this weekend, which will be good. The one thing I'm wondering, Ring of Honor is coming back the middle of July with at least for best in the world fans. They haven't announced anything as far as uh, more shows or if their next TV tapings will be with fans or not after that. Um, or or what they'll 
they'll do without. And that shows that shows on a Sunday, which is really interesting because I don't recall Ring of Honor it ever is. running pay per views on a Sunday. Uh, not often. Usually a Friday. Most yeah. of the time they've run them. Um, I kind of like that it's a Sunday, although um, it's a Sunday that I, you know, we've talked about here before. I have a one Sunday a month that uh, I have a trivia booking, and uh, it's that Sunday. So uh, I actually am planning right now to take Monday off that next week so that I can watch that pay-per-view because I, I want to see Ring of Honor with fans again. Like, that's just, Ring of Honor has been pretty good lately to me. Um, not mind-blowing awesome, but pretty good. Um, and I'm, I I want to see it with fans again. <laughs> so uh, the one thing I'm a little worried about with WWE when they return to live events, because they did this at WrestleMania. Now, WrestleMania had, you know, 20,000, 25,000, whatever it was, in a really big stadium. So, and they were supposedly spaced out, although, watch the tape. I don't know how spaced out they were, um, especially at least on the floor. So I, maybe they needed to because of the sound factor. I, I don't want them sweetening sound as much as they have, like as much as they did at WrestleMania. When they get back to a live crowd, let's hear the live crowd. Like, and and look, if the live crowd's booing somebody you want them to cheer or cheering somebody you want them to boo, I don't care. <laughs> don't drown them out. And, and don't show me a shot of the ring and, you know, all the fans who are sitting on the hard cam or across from the hard cam side and they're all sitting like this on their hands and the crowd sounds like they're absolutely going banana as Pat Patterson would say. Um, what? And, and to the first comment you made, how about listening to your fans and letting them kind of dictate who gets over and who doesn't? Cause right. we haven't, we haven't had that for the last 16 months. And I think that's part, that's the part I'm interested to see. Thunderdome reactions are what they are. You know, obviously the sound is is piped in, so you can kind of create that however you want. And I think that sometimes when they do pipe in, it makes the thunder. And I know they they even coach the Thunderdome attendees a little bit, like, oh, here comes Roman Reigns. Let's see, you give us thumbs down or whatever. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see the things they think are getting over. Are they? Because they haven't had that live reaction to it. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that all works uh, come July. I'm, that will be a raw. I'm actually interested in watching <laughs> um, to see the crowd and to see the reaction. So um, yeah, it's, I, I'm excited that we're getting to that point in the pandemic where we can start doing those things again. Uh, NFL, you know, is talking about full stadiums for the season. Um, it, it's nice, you know, not to get too far down the pandemic hole, but it's nice to get, some normalcy back, whatever that looks like. Um, kudos to all of the wrestling companies for figuring out the ones who, who have run for figuring out how to do that. Kudos to the ones who have chosen not to run because that's your right and your decision as well. Um, and because it's not cheap to run with no fans. Um, you know, I mean, WB spent a lot of money on the Thunderdome. Let's be honest. Um, you know, AEW hasn't really been able, they've sold some tickets along the way. You know, they've, they've had fans sooner than, maybe anybody. Um, they have an outdoor arena in Jacksonville, Florida, though, too. That helps. Um, but and kudos. They're, 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 yeah, they're also returning in July to some some uh, traveling shows. Some traveling so that's well, exciting yeah. as well. So, yeah, we, we'd be remiss to not name that that's happening, too. I, I will say, now I know California has been one of the more strict, um, uh, what do I want to say? restrictions that just strict restrictions. That's a little too much, but um, through this whole pandemic, 
But I hope as they start to open things back up, I'm ready for PWG to come back. And what will PWG look like? Because so many of their guys, their tag champs are now the NXT tag champs. So, well, that doesn't work. So they got to do something there. Uh, their world champ is signed to Ring of Honor. That still might work. That you know, there have been Ring of Honor guys working PWG. Depending on how that all, you know, contracts and those kinds of things work, I, it'll be interesting to see. Like, when did Bola usually happen? Was that the the late like, summer, early fall? Yeah, like September, August, September, October. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah. Typically, the August that Labor Day weekend. That would be a really cool comeback for PWG if if they're able to. And I don't know what their financial situation has been obviously they haven't been able to do anything through the pandemic um yeah and i understand why they don't live stream but man if they did i i'd be buying that and in, in, in a heartbeat well and and it just got announced last night game changer wrestling is coming to detroit in september um they actually had a show in march of 2020 that that literally right as the world was shutting down that show got postponed i had tickets to that show um i've never been to game changer wrestling um and the talent they're using now has modified from who they were probably going to be using in March 2020 because guys have been signed and things have happened. Um, never, nonetheless, I watched the Dark Side of the Ring with Nick Gage. I'm not a deathmatch guy by any means, but I'm I'm intrigued. So whatever Game Changer does come September here in Michigan, uh, knock on wood that it will actually materialize this time and won't get postponed again. I'm eager to go back, and that'll be my first, most likely, unless WWE comes to. Michigan sometime between July, the end of July and, and August, that'll be my first live pro wrestling show, which is kind of weird um, that of all things, it would be game changer wrestling. But I went to minor league baseball this past week. So I, I went to my first live sporting event in I can't tell you how long. Um, and with the capacity limits, limits opening up on June 1 here in Michigan, the first Tigers home game uh, back is June 8th. And a buddy of mine and I, want tickets to that because we just want to be back in Comerica Park with the potential of having 40,000 fans. And I'm fully vaccinated. So for me, like, it's less of a concern, even though I am still choosing to wear a mask when I go out in public in stores, even though that has not been relaxed. Again, you're not here for that. Uh, but but nonetheless, it just gives you kind of an idea of, you know, like you said, as we're getting back to, to normal, quote unquote, these are the things that are going to be um, part of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about what's going to be a part of my life this weekend, Tom. Um, I I right now think I'm planning to buy this show and watch it live. Um, I don't know what your plan is yet. Um, we haven't talked about that yet. But. Yeah, I want I want to, but we may have family plans that conflict with that. So, yeah. um, but it's AEW's Double or Nothing. They're uh, one of their two, I would say, signature. I mean, I know they only have four pay per views. But I feel like, and it's interesting that they're back-to-back. I feel like this and All Out are at a different level than Full Gear and Revolution, personally. Um, I've always enjoyed Full Gear and Revolution, but I just feel like Double or Nothing and and All Out are kind of their WrestleMania and SummerSlam um, or Royal Rumble, depending on how you want to feel about that. Um, And you and I definitely fall on opposite sides of the fence there. We do. We've said that that before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... uh, yeah, so before we talk about, though, Double or Nothing, let's talk about Head to Head, because Backlash, obviously, was the last show we previewed uh, and did Head to Head picks on, and then uh, we haven't had a chance to update that since we didn't record last week. Uh, WrestleMania Backlash, I went 6-0, and Tom. You went 5-1. and 
which means I gained one match on you. And shoot, I closed my Excel sheet. Do you have the overalls then, Tom, in front of you? I do. Yep. So entering entering double or nothing. Um, uh, the tally is Tom fifty nine and nineteen, Jim fifty seven and twenty one. So a two match difference. Um, we this is I think this is the first time we've said it on air. Uh, th- double or nothing, and. NXT TakeOver in your house, the sequel or whatever they're calling it, and then Hell in a Cell will be our three final pickums for this half season of our fun, you know, friend competition with a wrestling figure on the line. So definitely uh, competition is still live, still active. Two matches are something you can easily make up. Here we have t- a 10-match show this weekend. So, um, yeah, it's anyone's, it's anyone's ball game even though this is not a ball game. It's anyone's pick them at this point. It is anyone's pick them at this point. And uh, yeah, 10 matches for us to pick because they did announce a uh, a buy-in match. There we go. That was the word I wanted. Uh, but let's get to the thought. So I'm I'm down one or down two, excuse me, uh, going into this. So uh, I'll get to pick first uh, with this first match. And uh, Tom, let's just start with that buy-in match. It is an NWA women's title match. Between Serena Deeb, the champion, and Riho. At first, I was like, really? Because you think it would be Serena and Thunder Rosa. And then uh, I remembered that the NWA has a pay per view coming up on June 6th, next weekend. Uh, and I don't know for sure. I would have to look up. I know they had a match on Power. Uh, I haven't really paid attention to the Power results, but I did see on Twitter they had a match, I think this last week, between Thunder Rosa and Camille to see who would face Deeb at that pay-per-view. I could see either one of them because they've built both of them uh, from what I have paid attention to in the NWA. They've built both of them while Thunder Rosa, obviously a former champ. Um, So it makes sense that if the NWA is going that direction, you don't want to give away that match on AEW when you've got your own pay-per-view coming up. Um, uh, Rio, we haven't seen for quite a while. She came back and then just kind of been quietly not there. For a little she, while, she was in the Eliminator tournament. Am I correct? Am I she recalling that right? Tournament. Yep. Um, and then she beat, uh, oh, Ma- uh, Maki Ito in the main events of the first Dark Evolution or Dark Elevation, not Evolution. Um, and then we haven't seen her since. And I think I'd read she'd gone back to Japan. Um, and I know Japan has some rules about once you're back, you have to like quarantine for two weeks or once you're there, um, which is part of why we haven't seen a ton of New Japan back and forth. Um, we've seen some. Uh, Eugene Nagata obviously came over here. Satoshi Kojima uh, was on Impact last night. Um, and some other guys have gone over to Japan as well. But nonetheless, Rio, I think, was back in Japan for a little bit. Now she's back. Um, the NWA, again, has a pay-per-view next weekend. They're not switching their title on AEW's pay-per-view when they have a pay-per-view a week later. So Serena Deeb is my pick here. I will say Deeb uh, had her match, what was it, last week, I think, with Red Velvet uh, on Dynamite. Um, have you seen Dynamite from last week, Tom? Yeah. You have? Um, she came, <laughs> this would be a good good uh, shout-out to our friend John S. She came straight out of the gates uh, in that match and kind of showed a little more aggressive side, which I liked. Um, almost maybe teasing a heelish turn. Um, and and I, I liked the aggression. I actually thought that was a pretty darn good match between her and Velvet. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this, uh, on, on Sunday, but, uh, I don't, this will be a 10 for me as far as confidence goes. Deep, deep's keeping the belt. Yeah. 
I think this is this is there to get people excited, and it's also a chance because there there aren't any other opportunities for the the female talent uh, that are being spotlighted as of yet. Again, there may be some stuff that goes on, you know, backstage or behind the scenes. Excuse me. So this is a good opportunity, and especially on the buy-in. But you're right; the NWA title is not going to change here when they have their own major event following. So Serena Deeb is my pick as well. Um, and again, I expect a really good match. It's so interesting to think about how strongly pushed Rio Riho was in the early AEW kind of lexicon, and now where she is. But again, that's that's a normal, you know, cycle of talent. I think you could say, like, you know, there's ebbs and flows, and she's in a she's in an ebb right now. I wasn't sure if ebbs or flows were the better one, so I'm glad you explained that to me, Tom. Because uh, when you said that, I was like, she. Oh, you said, okay. <laughs> and I want to jump in just back to the whole, you know, will I, will I order this pay-per-view or will I not? Again, it truly is going to depend on, you know, my family situation in terms of tuning in live. The other then challenge becomes, do I stay spoiler free and then do I try to like purchase it on demand? I definitely want to, like, uh, you know, uh, it'd be, it would be interesting to look back at when we were started recording this podcast, 53, or, or so weeks ago, how I was feeling about AEW. And of course, we were mired in the middle of a pandemic and the early stages of it all. And um, I've, I've turned the corner and it's probably clear to our listeners, I, I would hope. It's, um, but I want to be very clear to put my stake in the ground right here, right now. AEW is my favorite pro wrestling promotion in the world uh, at, at the moment. Um, I don't think there's anyone doing it better than them. Uh, there's no place uh, that I'm more invested in in the talent um, as a whole than AEW. So um, Tom Bobo, Two Spot Monkey, AEW Marks. Those are the the statements, the lines in my bio right now. <laughs> and and they they are one or one A for me. NXT is right there with them. Um, so interesting that the two that used to be in a Wednesday Night War. Um, are are there i've really enjoyed nxt lately as well so you know but like i said it's close for me so i i can't argue with you there um you know the funny thing is at first i was like yeah this card feels like mm, okay but then as i started looking through it i'm like actually this card looks pretty good um there, there's a match i mean like this is this is i'm looking forward to it but it's fine i mean am i gonna buy a show and I wouldn't have to because this is obviously matches given away free. But would I buy a show just for Serena Deeb and Rio? No. But again, you don't need every single match on the show to be the one you're buying it for. Like 31 flavors to go back to your Baskin Robbins thing, right? And and this will be a good um good women's uh match and a good women's showcase for both of these talented women. Uh there's you know, it's not like these two aren't aren't any good in the ring. They're both good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um Let's kick into our next match, which uh, first match on the pay-per-view, at least as far as we're previewing. Who knows what order they'll do things in on Sunday. Uh, but, Tom, you get the first pick here. Uh, I heard the AEW Unrestricted podcast, and uh, Tony Khan says he loves the idea of the man versus the machine. So this is the hangman versus the machine. Hangman Page takes on the machine, Brian Cage. Tom, what you thinking? Yeah, and this is building from their match on Dynamite a few weeks back, uh, where in an upset, Brian Cage got the win in, in a really solid match. If I'm not mistaken, I think Page was the number one ranked wrestler at the time, uh, which is interesting because, uh, you know, it, it, it was, you know, surprising booking, but creative booking because it gets Page out of the 
you know, the, the you would then assume he's fighting Kenny Omega. Well, no, not anymore because he lost to Brian Cage. So uh, I think that match was done to give this feud some legs, to make that adjustment, to get to where the, the title picture is going to set itself up for this coming Sunday. Um, and then this is an opportunity for Page and Cage to have another uh, match, run it back, another high-quality match. This time, uh, Hangman Page is getting the win. Uh, I really am eager to see the second half of 2021 for Hangman Adam Page um, in his AEW journey. Uh, you know, I thought he'd be the title challenger when we got to this point in time. Um, so that's a little bit selfish because he's also my number one pick in, my, in our fantasy league that we talk about here. Uh, so I have a little bit more skin in the game uh, emotionally <laughs> than, than, than otherwise. But I also love, I love Adam Page as a talent. I think that guy's ceiling is still super high. So um, I look, look forward to this match, uh, and, but Page is the winner. Yeah, I have Brian Cage on our fantasy wrestling team, so I really want Cage to win this match, and I really don't think he's going to um, uh, because he beat Adam Page uh, a couple of weeks back on Dynamite. I, that makes total storyline sense. Um, I agree with you. It, it did a nice job of setting this up. It seems like they're downplaying. For a while there, they were playing some tension between Cage and Team Taz. I don't feel like I've seen as much of that lately. It seems like that's kind of just faded. I don't know if the fact that Ricky Starks is injured might have played into that because, you know, now you've, you, if you take Cage out of Team Taz and Ricky Starks is out for quite some time, uh, which I did appreciate at least that it appears he's going to still be around and on TV while he's hurt, which is great. Uh, <clears throat> I, I could see Starks. We'll see how they play it out. You know, it'll be a lot of it'll matter to the booking and, and writing and that sort of thing. But I could see this injury time for Starks being kind of what the uh, RNN Randy News Network was back in the day when Randy Orton got hurt. And it actually helped get him over more with those interviews and those segments they did so that when he came back, I think Orton was in a better spot. And he was a young guy at that point and was just really building what Starks is as well. Um, so I, I wonder if that played into why that seems like that's kind of faded a little bit. Um, because then you'd really only have in ring, you'd have powerhouse Hobbs on the team Taz side because Hook hasn't at least had his debut really yet. Um, I don't know if that's coming sometime soon. Maybe we'll see something there. But um, nonetheless, not to get into the whole Team Taz thing, I like Brian Cage a lot. I think Brian Cage is a heck of a powerhouse wrestler. Um, his stuff looks usually really, really good and really, really dangerous in a good way, if that makes sense. Not dangerous like Braun Strowman dangerous. I think you're going to kill somebody or Nia Jax. Um, but dangerous in a way that it, it just looks devastating. Um so I expect Paige is going to get thrown around a little bit here, uh, but then that helps for Paige to make the big comeback eventually and uh, hit the buckshot. And yeah, Paige is going to win this match. Uh, we're two for two on uh, believing the same thing. And that doesn't shock me in either one of these, because I think they're, I would be surprised. At, I'd be stunned if Riho won. I'd be not stunned if Cage won, but still pretty surprised if Cage won. Um, and this is a good match. Yeah, this event marks Cage's one-year kind of anniversary of the company. He debuted in the uh, Casino Royal uh, Battle Royal last year uh, when we thought it was going to be two other years people. Well, already two years ago? I thought I we were picking years ago. Because the la uh, last year at Double or Nothing, there was no Casino Royale because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. They ended up having it all out. That's when Lance Archer won it. Okay, see, I lost a year of my life without even you know knowing what? it. It wasn't the Casino Royale that Brian Cage debuted in. He debuted in the... Um, the it was at double or nothing. It was the chip. 
He had to grab the oh, chip the ladder yeah. match. Okay. Um, I can't remember what they called it, but um. So the show was correct, but the the show was correct. It was double or nothing, but it was okay. the chip is the ladder match. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and right. one one more comment. You know, like you said, Ricky Starks, like the RNN, he can do the RSS, the Ricky Starks segment. I might come up with a different word than segment because that just sounds very insider. But I know, but RSS, but RSS, you know, Ricky Starks shoutouts. Um, or something, I don't know. And that sounds like something Ricky Starks might say. Ricky, um, Star- Ricky Starks smack talk. Uh, there you go. There you go. That that would definitely be something Ricky Starks would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoy Starks on the mic, so I, I think that's good stuff. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see from here. If Paige wins here, I kind of feel like Team Taz and him, that, you know, it's moved on, we're going to move on. So then where does Team Taz move on to as well? Um I got to say, you know, not that they need another tag team because they've got a great tag team division in AEW. Frankly, the best tag team division in all of wrestling, and it's not even close. Like, it's just not even close. Um, I would put Ring of Honor second in tag team wrestling, and there's a really big gap between AEW and Ring of Honor and tag teams. Um, I mean, WWE tag team division is awful, and uh, New Japan's is pretty darn terrible, too. Um, So... You know, Cage and Hobbs as a powerhouse just tear everybody up tag team. I don't know if they have that tag team right now in the division. I'm trying to kind of think. I thought Bear Country might become that, but, it, it you know, they haven't really gotten behind Bear Country too much yet. Um, they give them a couple of wins here and there on on Dark and Dark Elevation. but Or, uh, yeah, Elevation. Whatever that other dark show is that I don't watch. Um, and and by the way, we, we did bury the lead on this. I don't know if bury the lead is the right word. Um, kudos to AEW. They got more money on their TV deal. They are moving in January to TBS, which is a lateral move for them. I, at first, I was like, eh, it's always rough when you move, but it's a lateral move, whatever. They should get preempted less on TBS, which is good. Um, and they're adding in August, if I remember right from the uh, release, a Friday night one-hour show called Rampage, uh, which they say is going to be equal they always say this, so it'll be interesting to see. But they say it's going to be equal to Dynamite. So, um, you know, I, kudos to them. They're doing really well. Obviously, Warner Media is happy with them. So, um, kudos to them for getting the Rampage show. And uh, let's see, let's see what happens with that. But uh, I don't know. I went off on a little tangent there, Tom. It's all good. Yeah, we got a lot to catch up on. Um, we do. We do a lot happened in the last couple of weeks. Cover all the bases. Uh, let's go to the match where I think we might have our first difference, mainly because both of us are throwing a dart at the board at this time, um, most likely. The Casino Royale Battle Royal. The winner gets a shot at the AEW World title. Uh, the competitors who have been announced so far. Now, remember, in the Casino Royale, there is always a joker. Um, and so there almost assuredly will be some sort of a surprise here. Um, we have seen before. Well, Adam Page was in the very first Casino Royale was the joker. Um, if I remember right, um, but uh, Matt Seidel was last year and he had that infamous um slip when he tried to hit the seat, the shooting star press. So we'll see, there could be a surprise here. But so far, announced for this, uh, I didn't put it on the screen for those watching on YouTube because the, I don't think I would have had enough characters to be honest. But the letters we got really, really small Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Mark Quinn of Private Party, Dark Orders 10. Penta El Zero Miero, Evil Uno, Powerhouse Hobbs, 
Anthony Bones and Max Caster of the Acclaimed, Nick Camaroto, QT Marshall, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, the Varsity Blondes, Colt Cabana, The Blade, Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes. I think it's interesting that The Blade is in there, but not The Butcher. Butcher's hurt. Okay, that's why. So now it's not interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a little bit Aaron Solo feels like he got left out here as well. Um, Evil Uno without Stu Grayson. They have a tag match uh, tonight on Dynamite against uh, Page and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So Stu's obviously fine, but they only put Evil Uno. So there's a couple of just like interesting, you know, quirks in who they put in there. Uh, for me, in looking at that list, uh, I'm not even going to try to predict who the Joker is going to be. Um, I, I have heard absolutely no rumors. You and I both hope it's Chris Hero, but we say that every time there's a mystery person at AEW, and it's I just don't know that that's what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, in looking at this, I, to me, they 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 always could go a different way because neither of us would have picked Lance Archer to win last year at All Out when they ended up having this Battle Royal last year. Um, so they always could do something and give Penta the win or give... Oh God, they could give Matt Hardy the win, but I really hope they don't. Uh, to me, though, the, the only thing that makes sense on this, and maybe we're not going to differ now that I say this because I'm kind of going with the low-hanging fruit, I'm going to go Christian Cage. It just seems to make the most sense to me. Yeah, the the big thing to consider, and it, and it's so funny, I, I our picks are going to be the same. I'm, I'm not going to deviate from that because he is the, the biggest star in this match. That being said, I don't think AEW has to make that move. Right. Uh, it's, right. So, like, it's, I mean, you could very easily use this to build the next feud for Christian Cage, whatever that looks like. Um, Christian Cage versus the Hardy Family, whatever they're called, HFO, Hardy Family Organization. Oh, like that, yeah. yeah. So, like, that could, I mean, but then, then Christian Cage and Hardy have such a storied history. So, why would you go there, even though, like, it's not AEW history? It's, it's, it's predated this. Um, so, it's a little bit interesting to think about in that way. I think Cage having a shot and then maybe not exercising it for a while uh, and maybe taunting Kenny Omega or whomever the champion eventually will be. And I don't see Omega losing the belt anytime soon. Spoiler for my pick later. Um, I don't think that's much of a spoiler. <laughs> right. I don't think so either. Um, so that, that could be an interesting way to do it. Or, you know, do you do, do they do what they've done in the past where this person wins this and then it builds to a big, event on dynamite the other piece that we that you didn't talk about in the big piece was uh the move of the tv uh kind of shuffle if you will they're going to be adding you know what would be kind of akin to clash of the champions-esque quarterly specials which is awesome so like you know if you think of you know the past fighter fest or bash of the beach or whatever winter you call coming. it win winter is coming yeah um those segments blood and guts but yeah, yeah, those so those things will be coming to make kind of AW have more destination viewing. I think it's destination viewing as it is most weeks for dynamite, but it go that extra level to go, okay, so you've got your dynamite, which is always kind of what we're aiming for to be high quality. And you got your pay-per-views, which are your big shows. Now it's middle of the ground, and middle of the ground is the wrong kind of term to label that with, but like the next kind of like boost up. Oh, totally agree. And I and I hope that when they do that, uh <clears throat> I don't want them to come up with a, a new name for that. Like, I don't want, the, like, Clash of the Champions was the name for that. And after a while, they started putting some subtitles on Clash of the Champions, Raging Cajun, or Cash, the, you know. <clears throat> I, 
I'd like them to just keep the names of Fighter Fest or Blood and Guts or Winter is Coming or that. I like that. Um, and, and those have always kind of felt like when they were on Dynamite, those bigger shows, you know, and, and so just move that to your quarterly specials. And I think you've already got something that's working there. It, you're just shuffling it around a little bit. You'll still have a Dynamite that week and you'll have this this quarterly special, assume, presumably, I'm thinking. So cool. Do that. Use it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see those. Hey, more good wrestling, and I enjoy AEW. Look, some people don't, and that's fine. Um, and if you don't, you probably aren't listening to this podcast this week because you knew we were going to spend most of our time talking about AEW if you read the description. But um, more good wrestling or more in wrestling that I enjoy is always welcome on my TV. I have no idea when I'm going to find time to watch all of this, but, you know, kudos to them for putting it out there. Yeah, adding one more show on a Friday night. Like, Friday night wrestling for me, unless I'm going to a show live and in person – has always been the hardest uh, like night to watch wrestling. <laughs> if I was 10, heck yeah, baby, sign me up. Not 10, right. sadly. Uh, boy, do I wish <laughs> I could be 10 again. Um, life was so much easier. Um, though, so the one thing I will say, I'm not changing my pick. I'd love to see Jungle Boy win this, only because I think a Jungle Boy Omega, like they are making, they can make, and they have made, and they probably will continue to make, Jungle Boy is such a sympathetic character and such a guy who, like, again, you talk about ceilings. I, I mentioned, you know, other talent have uh, having an incredibly high ceiling earlier. Jungle Boy is in that group. Um, you know, one thing that I thought about, and we've never had the opportunity to really do it, and, and I'm going to plant the seed here, and maybe we'll get to it on a week that, that's not as newsworthy, is if wrestlers were stocks, who would you be investing in? You know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think Jungle Boy is one of those talents you'd want to consider. Um, guy is so young fantastic look and has proven to be fantastic in the ring. Um, you go back to look at the matches with, I think Cody, if I'm not mistaken, definitely Darby. And there's been stuff with Lucha, uh, I'm sorry, Lucha source, but Jurassic express that has been really top notch as well. So Christian cage is the pick. And I think that we're both right if we're wrong. And if it's not jungle boy, I'm going to really wonder unless it's some really awesome debut in that Joker spot. The, the only other person that's going to sound funny that I could kind of see, and not enough that I would change my pick certainly as well either, um, is QT Marshall, to be perfectly honest. Because you have Komarodo in there. So Komarodo's the heavy who throws everybody out for him. Um, and and he wins it by hook or crook kind of thing. Um, but, again, spoiler alert, Kenny Omega, right? Kenny Omega versus QT Marshall. I mean, you just have excuse the language, douchebag heel versus douchebag heel. Um, like, I, I, you know, what does that do? I don't know. That doesn't go anywhere for me. Um, in a different time, if Kenny Omega was a babyface champion, sure, I could see it. And that'd be a dynamite main event or, you know, maybe maybe a, a special name dynamite main event, you know, maybe because they build it. But um, I, I could see it. I just don't think in this case, looking at everything else in the landscape, um, and I think Marshall is going to be very busy in uh, what happens and what happens in the aftermath of our next match to look at, uh, which is for one night only, the American dream, Cody Rhodes taking on Anthony Agogo, the governor. Uh, Tom, you have the first pick here. I, I've got some thoughts on this match, but I'm going to let you go first and then uh, respond to what you say and, and share my thoughts as well. Yeah. I, I don't, I feel, 
I feel like a mixed bag of thoughts about this. I feel also a mixed bag of thoughts about Cody. I've made that, you know, very clear here in the past. I could see both outcomes, you know, here with each guy winning and, and, and make, I think, causes or justifications for that. It may be 60-40 in one direction versus another. Um, so this is really the first one where I'm actually going to struggle to make a pick, I think. It's going to be interesting, nonetheless, because a go-go is clearly, 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 clearly very green, no matter how much training he's had. And the way they built him um, with one of the gun boys and kind of the, the, the way that that match ended, that the segment ended, and the way they were building him, it, it makes you think, how are they going to interweave that here? And then how is Cody going to try to, 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 to defend or work around that? So, you know, kind of maybe oversimplification of it all. It's it's a go-go's ability to strike versus Cody's probably ability to wrestle or defend against the strikes or to stay safe from the strikes. In a way, I think it's too early to have Cody Rhodes take the loss here. That being said, you don't want to bury someone who you probably think has a lot of potential. You're, you're, you're hearing my sigh and you're seeing my emotion if you're watching on YouTube of, of, like, of the struggle of me processing what I think about this match. I'm going to pick Cody Rhodes, but I don't think it's a clean win. I don't think he pins a go-go. I think it's probably a, a dirty finish uh, because other guys with um, whatever the group is, I'm having a name retrieval moment for the factory. The, factory. the factory gets involved here because I think this feud is bigger than just this one night. I agree with you that I think the feud's bigger than the one night. I the build to this has bothered me a little bit. Um, Cody is kind of coming off as the heel in some ways. Like it's this whole, um, you know, and it feels very eighties. Um, you know, Anthony Ogogo is the nasty foreigner who's coming in, and Cody's going to defend the rights of America because Anthony Ogogo doesn't like America. Um, I don't know, like in, in, in the world today. Um, and look, I, I love America, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I don't want to get into, you know, that stuff, but in the world today, this is an interesting dynamic. And he had a weird promo a week or two ago. Cody did he pronouns pal. Um, Cody had a weird promo a week ago where he was kind of talking about racial tensions and um, nationalism stuff. And I was like, where are we going with this? Um, and it was to build to his whole reveal that he's going to be the American dream on Sunday night. I don't know. The build has just been straight. Like, I don't know that we needed the foreigner versus the American hero um, gimmick to this match. Cody is the one who wanted to sign Anthony Agogo. Um, Cody is the one who saw Agogo as a boxer, as a project, you know, somebody who they could do something with in AEW. So you have the student versus teacher. You also have the student uh, versus teacher, the teacher versus teacher, friend versus friend with Cody versus the factory in general anyways. Like there's enough other story. You didn't need the whole, you know, Sergeant Slaughter Hulk Hogan um, angle here, you know, or I, I realize that's not the angle they're running, but that, that you know, Iron Cheek, Nikolai Volkov, you know, I mean, I, it, that part annoys me. And it's not like we're at war with Great Britain anyways. 
So why the British guy is bad guy because he's from Great Britain and doesn't like America, um, I, it, that that part has just annoyed me in this story. I agree with you. Agogo looks the guy can punch. He's a boxer. Duh, he can punch. He looks pretty green outside of that. Um, but I remember. I think it was the last. <clears throat> excuse me, the last AEW pay per view. I said it's hard to pick against Cody on pay per view. And then somebody posted Cody's pay-per-view record with AEW, and he's got a losing record on pay-per-view. So I don't know why I thought that. I'm going to go a go-go here. Because I think Cody wants to build him, and I think that's why he's got that, you know, he wants to be the guy who built him. You know, Cody knows how to do big matches. Let's be honest. Cody has figured that out in his career and, and on AEW pay-per-view usually has a pretty good performance and has a big match. If anybody can lead a very green Anthony Ogogo through a, a good, you know, passable to good match, I, I think Cody can do it. Um, and, and I have no doubt they've been working on it together and training together and all of those kinds of things. So I'm interested to see this match. I'm looking forward to it. Not because I think it's going to be, wow, this is going to be so great, but there's a story they could be telling that's compelling here. They've chosen to not spend as much time on that story and tell me a story that I don't care as much about and kind of annoys me, but I'm just, I'm interested to see a go-go in an actual match because really he's been in squashes um, up until now to show his punching power and get that over. And, and that I get it. That makes sense. I like that the stomach punch started kind of as the move. And now he also has, he kind of did like the pop-up punch um, to, I think it was one of the gun boys uh, last week. So I like that we're seeing kind of different ways that he punches. It's not just the body blow, um, not stomach punch, body blow. Come on, Jim. Um, but you, yeah, you, you oh. fell one term short of bread basket. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and Jim Ross is going to say the bread basket at some point on Sunday night, it's happening. Um, so there we go. We've got our first difference. I'm going to go, go, go. I won't be shocked if Cody wins this match. You know, this is not a strong confidence pick. Uh, but I just think Cody seems to want to be the guy who helps the young talent get over. And he seems to see himself as somebody who, if you beat me, it means something. Whether he's right or wrong on that, I I, I think he probably is right. Um, you know, he's not, he's now not working, you know, every single dynamite um, like he did when he was TNT champion, obviously. And uh, so Cody being in a match, kind of does feel important because it doesn't happen all the time right now. So I think I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself in or out of a go-go here and, and I'm going to stick with a go-go as my pick, but I won't be shocked if I'm wrong. And one thing that just made me, made me think of another way that this like lays out is I'm remembering that of course, Brandy Rhodes is pregnant and I don't know when she's due, but I think that's not too far off in the distance. It makes a lot of sense to have a go-go whether he wins or doesn't win but I now feel like you might be right on your pick. Put Cody out of commission uh, for a few months so he can go, you know, we know he'll go be a great dad and and take care of his kid and his wife. But the storyline is that a go-go, you know, put him on the shelf. Right. So, But just so we know, it's already recorded. You pick Cody. I'm getting my point back. Uh. (laughs) You can, they can still achieve the same thing with a DQ finish. Well, that is true. That is true. 
And, and I will hate that if they do that <laughs> for so many reasons, not only on our pick'em, but for so many reasons. Well, let's move into the next match. The first time in six years in front of a live crowd, Sting is working a live match in front of a crowd. Sting and Darby Allen. Darby Allen? Darby Allen. There we go. I don't know Darby Allen. Darby O'Grady. Hmm. Um, but, uh, versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I kind of want him to give Page and Sky a name. I don't know. I, like, I just feel like they need a name. But um, they've built this pretty well. Um, I know you are a big Scorpio Sky fan. Um, I like Sky, probably not quite to the level you do. Ethan Page, I don't know. Like he, I wasn't super excited when he came in. You know, you and I both talked about that. He kind of is a meh. I mean, he does play a good heel who makes me want to see him get his tail kicked um, because he's just so annoying. And that's the character he's playing. And I understand that. Um, so he does a nice job at that. In, in the ring, I'm just kind of always, I've never been wowed by an Ethan Page match. Um, but do I think Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky can be good heels to feed themselves, you know, to get some heat on Darby probably and then feed themselves to sting for the, you know, Ricky Morton hot tag. Um, yeah, I do. I think they can do that very well, actually. Um, I, you know, I think the reaction here is going to be interesting. Does the crowd go crazy for sting? Like you think they probably will. Um, how does sting look, you know, he looked all right in the street fight, but again, that's post-produced. You can make that look good. You know, if there was any real bad shots, you just don't put those in You edit around that. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see him in a live setting, uh, first time in six years, you know, since the injury in the match with Rollins. Um, I, I, it's going to be interesting. I don't see any place on earth that Darby and Sting don't win this match, though. Um, I just don't think you bring Sting in. If you bring Sting in and you're going to have him put somebody over, it's got to be in a singles match. I don't think it should be an attack match. Um and I think you really build to whatever that big singles match is for Sting to do that. And maybe it is against either Page or Sky down the road. Maybe it all out, it's Sting and Ethan Page. Boy, that doesn't excite me right now as I say those words coming out of my mouth. So I hope that's not what we do. But uh, I'm going to go Darby and Sting to win this match. And especially in front of the first time you have this big of a live crowd, get the reaction for Sting probably hitting the Scorpion Death Drop on one of them and getting the, you know, maybe it's the Scorpion Death Drop followed by the uh, the Coffin Drop kind of thing or something. Uh, but I'm going Darby and Sting. Yeah, the way this match is built, uh, the heat has been solely on Page and Sky. And this is the perfect, like, type of build where you have the baby faces get their win back. Uh, and it's going to be a good a good quality match. We talked earlier about the dynamic tag division that AEW has. Uh, unfortunately, as much as Paige and Sky have been a good team, I don't think that's the right spot for, for both of them. It's one of those things where I think to a to a certain sad extent, um, it's like two two pretty quality guys, and I and I favor Sky much more than I favor Ethan Page. Even though I think that, that there's there's room there, I just he just rubs me the wrong way. Um, they should really be doing singles things and not being this this duo. Um, there's not a spot as I see it in the tag landscape where this team has a long shelf life. Uh, so I'd love to see them lose and then go their separate ways and and do their own thing singles i felt like sky was getting off with that when he won the chip at the last pay-per-view and then he had the match with darby and then he really kind of turned but then it led into this 
So, um, and which is getting us here, and I understand that. Um, so I guess if that's part of the whole story, even though it wasn't maybe the natural way I would have seen it build, um, I'm okay with that in the end. So yeah, Sting and Darby, gosh, you've got to protect Sting. And, and, and your, your point was spot on. When he does eventually put someone over, it's got to be in a singles and it's got to be really, really meaningful. And I don't see that being this Sunday already. Yeah. And I, I think the other piece too is, you know, you're putting him in the first live match in front of crowd six years, all of that. I'm, you know, I'm sure he's got medical clearance, all of those things. Page and Sky are both veterans. Um, they've been around a long time. So I think it's smart to have him in there with a couple of folks who it's going to sound bad, but can take care of Sting as well. Um, you know, Sting is 61 years old. Um, I think that's right. He's in his 60s. So there's not a ton of Sting matches left. So I don't want to see him get hurt again either. So I, I think these are two guys who will make it look very good and will also make sure that, you know, as best as you can in a wrestling match, because anything can happen, uh, you know, they'll they'll take care of everybody as well. Uh, if anybody's going to get hurt in this match, it's Darby because you can jump off something crazy and through a flaming table that's on a pane of glass or something. I don't know. Um, and and rest assured, first time with 5,000 fans, Darby's jumping off something. Um, it's kind of like Mark Briscoe or Jeff Hardy back in the day. Darby's jumping off something. Uh, so, Tom, you're uh, up for the next pick, which is going to be the AEW women's title match. Hikaru Shida, uh, who they are going to be honoring tonight on Dynamite uh, for her long reign, uh, is defending versus Britt Baker. Of course, a lot of history here between these two. So, Tom, what are you, what are you feeling in this match? Yeah, it's fitting. I what you're going to say, but I'm curious to hear it. Yeah, it's fitting they're going to honor Sheeta because uh, she's losing the title on Sunday to Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker's my pick, and I'm super excited. This is actually probably, possibly, probably and possibly the opportunity for the match of the night. And that's a lot to say with the other matches that are going to be here uh, and, 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 the, and the variety of talent because there are other matches that I think I'm actually looking forward to more. Um and I'll explain my reasons why when we get there, but this is one of the top matches that, that has my interest more so than just the fact that I've been a huge fan of Britt Baker. I think she's been actually probably, um, probably if not one of uh, maybe uh, top three in the MVP kind of like discussion for AEW in the first half of the year. Uh, I mean, fantastic character. Adam Cole's a lucky guy. Um <laughs> It's it's her time. It's time. It's time to coronate her as 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 the champion. You know, much as I was, you know, not lamenting, but kind of naming the whole kind of the cycle of the of the career that a talent goes through, and, and naming that with Riho and where she was and where she is. This the opposite side of that coin is is Britt Baker. It's been this build and this build and this build, and I think finally comes Sunday, um, she does dethrone the longstanding champion and. Uh, you know, as Sheeta does get honored tonight or whatever that looks like, I think that it gives fuel to the fire of what Sunday becomes. Um, there's no way that Britt Baker, I don't see that she doesn't get involved tonight to add more fuel. And then these two are just some of the best uh, women's wrestlers in the world. So can't wait for, for this match on Sunday, whether I watch it or whether I read about it after the fact. But, you know, DMD going to wear that B-E-L-T. <laughs> and maybe be the E-S-T, but that's a whole different thing. Um, yeah, I, I can't go the other way on this one. Um, 
much as I'd like to, but I don't like losing points either. Um, and I would lose a point here. There's certainly uh, the only reason I could see you keeping the title on Cheetah is because they are massively telegraphing that she is losing this title on Sunday by doing this honor thing um, and showing that she's beaten everybody in the women's division, basically. Uh, and that's part of why I think it's also time for her to lose the title. She has had a great run. Sheeta has been awesome and she will be fine. Um, she'll get a rematch against Baker and then she'll probably go on to, to, you know, some other things in the women's division. Um, and eventually it wouldn't shock me at all. If. Has Nyla Rose won the belt twice? I don't think so. Okay. Then it wouldn't shock me at all. If Sheeta is our first two time women's champ down the road. Um, however, Baker, it's clear they've been behind Baker from day one. They have seen things in Baker. I, I think they really wanted her to be a baby face first. And then they realized, holy crap, she can be a really terrible person on screen. I'm sure she's a very lovely person in real life. But on screen, she can be this awful character. Um, and she's such a great heel. I I really enjoy Baker as, as a character. I think she's very good in the ring. I, she does better frankly, in the ring than Baker, I think, although Baker's come a long way uh, since her early days. And of course, they have the history with Sheeta being the one who broke Baker's nose and the famous um, t-shirt of Britt Baker with just the crimson mask, you know, and um, whether that plays into this match somewhere or not. I, I'm looking forward to this match a lot. I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's Baker's time. Baker is the heel champ and all of the babyface women um, chasing her for that title. There's money in that and and you could just you can line up a bunch of baby ty conti um Sheeta, obviously riho um even serena deep thunder rosa uh i mean and i'm forgetting some you know anna jay hopefully will be back before too long um and i'm probably forgetting some super talented women on the babyface side as well um and, and apologies to them red velvet um you know look good in that match with deep big swole there's just a whole line of them that you can line up to come after Baker and Baker is so good at being that heel that you just want to see get her butt kicked um, by another woman. And yeah, I, she just plays that. Well, I'll be honest. I'm kind of ready for Reba or rebel, not Reba to go away. Um, she doesn't really add to the package for me much anymore. Um, I'm okay with Baker, just, but Baker being that heel, kind of having somebody, I'd almost rather her have a a heavy-handed person as her backup. You know, a, a Nyla Rose type, honestly, a, a monster, um, rather than the clueless, um, you know, Rebel, Rebel Dash Reba. I, I think they're Rebel Dash Reba, Rebel Dot Reba, um, could do some other things. But that's just, you know, that's, a, that's an aside to this. Um, I do think it'll be interesting too. On Saturday, they are going to at Fan Fa their Fan Fest. They're going to do some more AEW uh, Unrivaled figure reviews. Maybe even I'm wondering if they might show us who's in the first series of Unmatched, which is their next figure series that apparently is going to be just like Unrivaled, but in different packaging and allow them to get more people out. I don't know. It's a little bit weird the way Jeremy uh, Pedauer has has talked about it. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Baker has had kind of a long running Twitter. Um, I'm going to call it a gag, but I don't know. Maybe she is really frustrated by it. Um, it's hard to tell because you know, Twitter and, and because of her character um, about, you know, will Pharaoh have a, a figure before um, 
Brit before she does? Will Cody's baby have a figure before she does? Because Cody's got 9,000 AEW figures already. Um, he is the John Cena of the AEW figure line uh, or the Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or whoever you want to say. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, do we finally see the Brit Baker? She's got to be coming soon um, in that figure line. And in some ways, I just... They're playing it out so much. If you pay attention to the figure conversation and, and Britt Baker and Jeremy Penauer, I think it'd be interesting to see if they finally reveal Britt um, for maybe series seven or eight um, coming up. So we'll see. In some ways, I think they keep pushing it back. I think they've actually got them ready to go for Britt. I'm sure she was one of the early ones they worked on. And uh, I think they just keep pushing it back because they're having too much fun um, with her complaining about not having a figure. So Baker's winning this title. No question. Now we get the TNT title match, which is tentatively scheduled to be Miro defending his title, newly won title, versus Lance Archer. But Miro does have to get by the daunting task of Dante Martin tonight on Dynamite. 18 seconds later, it will be Miro versus Lance Archer on Sunday. Uh, poor Dante Martin. Uh, Darius is obviously out injured, so Top Flight hasn't been able to be a tag team. Dante's gotten a number of wins, I know, on Dark and Dark Elevation against, you know, enhancement talent. Uh, but he ain't getting one Friday night, let me tell you. He's going to take a butt kicking come Dynamite tonight. Um, this this is the Hoss battle on the show, no doubt about that. This is the two guys that are just going to beat the tar out of each other. And I'm probably going to love it um, because I am a Miro fan. I like Lance Archer. I, 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 I kind of wish he wasn't always the first person a new champion beats. I said that I think two weeks ago. And that's my only down play on this. But it's going to be fun to watch because he's going to be the first person. Well, he's not going to be the first person the new champion beats, but he's going to be a person the new champion beats in the first pay-per-view defense. Uh, they're not taking this title off Miro anytime soon. Um, I mean, this this is a as much as I don't like saying seeing Archer do this all the time, it'll be a good win for Miro, you know, because Miro's got, he beat Darby. Um, he didn't have a match last week. He's got Dante Martin this week. So he's been beating up small guys, um, you know, lately. Now he gets a big guy. Oh, okay. The big guy's coming for the bully. It's That's a good story, right? Um, but the bully's win in this one. Uh, I, I love Miro. I'm excited that he's the TNT champion. I'm really interested to see where they go with him and how high can Miro go in AEW uh, down the road. But uh, I think this is a great build they're doing now with him. Finally, they got him away from the whole Kip Sabian thing and and kind of being a goof. Um, and he's back to being, although a different little bit side of it, uh, which is good to have some evolution in the character. He's back to being, you know, the Bulgarian brute that we saw with Rusev back in the day. Um, I'm loving the new Miro. And uh, I think, yeah, this is just going to be two guys beating a tar out of each other and bring it on. Yeah, Miro is retaining without a doubt. I agree with you there. I'm, I'm interested in this match. Uh, it, it, they definitely slotted Lance, Lance Archer, as you stated uh, very well, as that guy who is the first uh, challenger, it seems, always for a new champion's title and um, and therefore kind of gives him kind of a, a validation by, by getting that win. Not he seems to be playing the gatekeeper role that Jake Roberts used to play, which is interesting, giving the pairing of the two. The yeah, guy that, near the title scene, but never quite in the title. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call out for sure. Yeah, I th this should be pretty pretty rough. Like Again, like you said, Hoss fight without a doubt, or Hoss battle. And uh, I see that the same way 
and, and Miro comes out strong. The, the, the real telling thing is, and I agree with you, that uh, Miro will not be losing the title, in my opinion, anytime soon. You know, what does he do in the next three to six months and who kind of gives him his first kind of major feud? I don't think this is a feud per se because it's kind of just a one-off match, in my opinion. Maybe it leads to a deeper feud, uh, depending on how the match goes on Sunday. I'm interested to see who really is that first kind of feud that Miro gets into. I, I agree, and I, I'm not sure it's this either. I agree with you. Um, maybe it is. We'll see. All right, well, we've got a world tag title match that, Tom, you get to pick first on. Uh, the Young Bucks defend, and and you've been on record here two weeks ago saying you're loving this new Young Bucks heel uh, run and their, uh, their uh, success at getting you to want to see them just get beat up. Uh, well, they got two guys that can do that if they want on Sunday uh, in John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, Tom, I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what you think is going to happen this match. Yeah, I'm super thrilled that I get to discuss it first and make my pick first. I'm also torn because I, I absolutely, this is, I think I just said this about Britt Baker and, and Sheeta in a way, but this actually is the match I, I believe I'm most looking forward to. Um, all four of these guys are just super, super fantastic to me. Uh, I am really impressed with the fact that I dislike the Young Bucks as much as I do in the character side of things. I love them as talents. I love them as as performers. I love them as kind of what they've done in the pro wrestling lexicon. Like They literally, in the last decade, um, maybe more so in the last five years or so, um, should be credited with being part of the revitalization or the way that pro wrestling as a business has been run. And again, I know that the, it doesn't fall solely at their feet, uh, but without them, without the, the groundwork they laid, you know, in the United States that then Cody then was able to get in on and then that they circled back to loop Kenny Omega in on, or, or it maybe didn't fall out in that exact way when the story is eventually written. But these are the, these are the guys that, that are why we have all elite wrestling, you know, elite you know, that is the young bucks at their core and that is who they are and not just in the gimmicks that they have the elite which is back now having the group of the young bucks omega callus and the good brothers john moxley was a wrestler and a talent that i never loved and always really enjoyed but i find myself and maybe this goes to my passion for aew and my enjoyment of aew of really like liking Moxley a whole lot more than I ever did before. And this has been a really good use of repairing him and Kingston following um, like their like pairing after, after the barbed wire explosion match. I'd love to see Mox and Kingston win the belts, but I don't know that there would be a long-term thing there for them. I think having the Bucks keep these titles is the way to go. Uh, because they're the bad guys, and having baby faces chase the bad guys is is the way to go. I, I could fantasy book, and I could armchair book a bunch of different scenarios here, um, and that includes getting getting the belts back on the FTR. That includes the proud and powerful getting the titles, you know, in a couple of different scenarios. And those are teams that are clearly not even involved in this match, um, because I don't think that the Young Bucks need the titles to stay over. They're, that's actually absolutely. Uh, an untrue statement. They are going to be over no matter what. Uh, and they've had titles since November of last year, which is is a long time, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long when I think about it in theory. Um, and, and and Mox and Kingston don't need the titles as well to validate them. And because I don't see there being a tag team for the, for the long haul. 
it's actually surprising in a way. I mean, I'm glad we got to this match, but I would have um, not been surprised if we would have had the Good Brothers versus Mox and Kingston. And again, not knowing the dynamic of, you know, impact talent, AW talent, how that's all kind of meshing together here, if that would have been a path they would have gone. Um, I almost would have liked to have seen that to extend the story. But then when do Mox and Kingston, if that was the way it was written, eventually get their hands in the Bucks? This makes a lot of sense in, with the way it's, it's played out. I'm going to go with the Bucks to be the winners here and retain. And that's head more than heart. I think my heart wants Mox and Kingston to win, even though I don't know that I could see them being champions beyond Dynamite the following Wednesday. I could see them quickly getting screwed out of the titles and having it be a really short term. Um, title reign if that were to be the case but then again the question would be then who do they flip to do they go right back to the bucks or is there something else and again i think you and i both will agree and who knows when this plays out if it ever plays out the bucks and good brothers clearly should be on a path at some point but they're on the same page now and it doesn't seem that they're going to be getting off the same page anytime soon yeah the good brothers i feel like have been a little underplayed lately um or downplayed lately uh, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know what I can add to how you've uh, laid this out because you, you've you've wrestled with a lot of the same things I've wrestled with in making this pick. Um, uh, this is a very low confidence pick for me because I can make a valid argument both directions. Um, and I love that because that makes it more exciting to watch because, you know, some of these matches I'm going to watch and I'm interested to see how they get to the finish, but I know what the finish, you know, um, I know Miro's winning against Lance Archer, or I'm pretty confident Miro's winning against Lance Archer. I'm pretty confident Darby and Stanger winning their match. I'm curious to see how they get there, how, how it all plays out, but it's not like I'm really interested to see who wins because, I, well, well, I'll be pleasantly surprised if I'm wrong sometimes. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I know where it's at. I, I don't know on this one. Um, I agree with you that I don't see Moxley and Kingston as long-term champions if they win the titles. Um, now, they could surprise us. And, you know, I, I didn't think Hangman Page and Kenny Omega were going to be super long-term champions either, and they held the titles far longer than I thought they would. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Mox and Kingston on this one um, and give us our second difference. Partially because, and maybe I'm just putting too much into this. I I think with the first time you got five thousand people, like you're looking for as many pops as you can get, and I think Moxley's massively over, um, and I think Kingston is getting even more over because he's with Moxley. Um, I think they're doing a very nice job with this team. I I like that they're just kind of the the brawler, I don't care, you know, maybe they're the team that I'm, you know, looking for in Cage and Hobbs almost a little bit, except it's a little bit different. It's not two big guys that just road warrior you, um, but these are just the two guys who are like, yeah, all right, let's go get our butts kicked. Um, and we don't care, and we're going to kick somebody's butt along the way. So, um, yeah, I've just, I've liked the dynamic with Mox and Kingston, and I think them having a promo on Dynamite where they're holding the belts going, hey, look what we got here, you know, kind of thing. Um, I don't know if they lose them next Friday night on Dynamite because, again, next week Dynamite's going to be on Friday. Um, 
or, you know, but I, I don't see them making it to all out as champions. Uh, they might not even make it to all out as friends. Who knows? Because this could also explode at some point, And then we go back to Mox Kingston. Um, I'm going to go Mox and Kingston winning the titles, though, for a short run, whether it goes in some ways, I hope it doesn't go back to the Bucks. In some ways, I hope this would be the way then to move the tag titles into something else that isn't the elite storyline. Um, uh, saying that I'm picking Mox and Kingston, you know, the idea of the elite having the world tag tag titles and the world title, again, we're already giving away our pick here for the next match, but um, certainly works, you know, certainly having your, your top heel stable or one of your top heel stables, because I think the pinnacle is getting there, um, having all the gold, you know, kind of thing, or much of the gold, they don't have the TNT or the women's title, but um, makes some sense too. So I won't be shocked either way, but I'm going Mox and Kingston. I think it'll be fun. Um, and maybe this is a little bit heart pick for me because I own John Moxley in the fantasy league and I need some points. Um, although it doesn't matter. I'm so far out of it this time. Um, let's go to that world title match though, that we keep talking about. And I don't know that we might have some things to say about it, but, um, the pick, I think we, we've both said it about 17 times now, um, is I'll just say my pick and then let's talk about it. Kenny Omega is winning this title, this title match. He is not losing this title to either Pac or Orange Cassidy. Um, the way they got here, of course, we talked about a, a couple of weeks ago. It was a little bit interesting. Um, in the end, it does sound like Cassidy got knocked out in that match. So that's why they had to go to the, it was supposed to, I read it was supposed to be a draw and that let, would lead to the three-way and they had to kind of pivot and do the whole belt shot thing because Cassidy uh, got his bell rung in the match. It sounds like he's going to be medically cleared. Um, Again, I listened to Tony Khan's thing, and he said it sounds like he should be good to go. Uh, of course, Khan was playing up. He should be good to go if he wants to go, because on on Dynamite tonight, um, Omega's offering him the chance to get out. Now, here's the slight thing with that. Why would Orange Cassidy not take that deal? Because if I'm Orange Cassidy, now, of course, you want to read the fine print because he's Kenny Omega, and he's probably going to slide something in there to screw with you. But And maybe that's you know the, the way out of it. But Kenny Omega is offering me a chance to get out of this three-way match where I have to worry about Pac as well and saying that if you get out of the three-way match, I'll give you a one-on-one -on -one match, just me and Kenny Omega now. Now I don't have to worry about Pac over here flying around doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Knocking me out again. Knocking me out again, <laughs> right. Uh, I could just have a one-on-one. -on -one. Why wouldn't Orange Cassidy take that deal? Well, because he's baby-faced. You don't take the deal, whatever. But, I mean, common sense-wise, not a bad deal for him. Um, he's not going to take the deal. It's going to be a three-way. Uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy had, uh, was it at the last year's Double or Nothing they had their match? I don't Revol know. Revolution. Revolution. Revolution, that's right. They had a banger of a singles match, a great singles match. Uh, I, I think in ring, this is going to be really, really good. Um, all three of these guys are very good in the ring. Cassidy is very good in the ring. And of course, his character work is is phenomenal. Um, but I think sometimes that overshadows the fact that he is very good in the ring. He he actually is a very capable wrestler. Uh, Pack is one of the best in the world, frankly. At this point, I I think they need to be doing more with him. So I'm glad to see him in the world title picture here, even if I think he very well might be here to take the fall, because um, I think you're protecting Orange Cassidy a little bit. I could be wrong about that, but. Omega's going to win this match. I think it's going to be really fun, though. I really am looking forward to this. This is another one of those, like I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, 
where I'm looking forward to the match, but I'm not at all thinking about who's going to win it because I, I feel pretty confident in that. Um, but this should be really fun. Kenny Omega is my pick, though. And uh, coincidentally, I own Kenny Omega, too, so that's another hard pick. Uh. Yeah, and I don't know what else I can say. You, you, you laid that out really well, and I'm glad that you brought up the, the kind of the, the angle or the kind of the, the one unresolved item, which will be ideally resolved tonight. And, and maybe not. Maybe they stretch it out to Sunday. Uh, maybe, maybe Orange Cassidy, you know, is, you know, plays plays his character well and you know says yeah i'm not going to decide till sunday i'll let you know sunday and so kenny omega has to sweat that you know that nervousness if you will yeah it's omega uh i don't know who yet will be the guy uh to dethrone kenny omega down the road i know who i would like it to be i think it should be hangman and page um it may not be though it may be a number of guys in this company um but yeah that that dethroning is not happening on sunday I do expect this to be a really good match. They had to be really smart about how they do the three-way. Um, I think they always have to be smart about how they do three-ways just to kind of uh, keep it going. I, the good dynamic here for me, at least, that I can just maybe add to what we've already shared is the, the talents alone are kind of islands of themselves or on and onto themselves in that nice way where there's not um, – there's not a blurring of the lines. Each of these own wrestlers are their own entity. And, and, and again, I think that they'll, they'll pair and they'll, they'll mesh well. They just have to structure the match and the story um, to get us to, to Omega eventually retaining the title. Absolutely. All right. We have one match left, Tom, and you get to uh, take the shot here at it. It is the stadium stampede, not spring stampede, as you and I both keep calling it. The stadium stampede match. If the inner circle loses, they must break up the pinnacle or the inner circle and the pinnacle. Uh, I'm interested to hear kind of how you feel they've gotten to this. I, I know it kind of feels like it happened real quick um, when it did, but uh, it, yeah, interested to see how you feel about it. And with the promos that they did uh, last week as well. Yeah, I, I've come, I've come around on my opinion of feeling this was too quick. I do still think that it was a more rapid fire destination to get us here or movement to get to this destination than I think I would have liked with kind of my mindset of traditional pro wrestling storytelling. I think there's a time and a place for that traditional storytelling to still exist and play out. I also had to, I think, be mindful and remind myself uh, and change my uh, frame of reference in that the way that pro wrestling is given to us as fans now doesn't have to be a paint by numbers um, or or a old school structure, if you will. And that's what we're getting here. We had blood and guts, which I thought was quick, but the way that played out and then the aftermath has made sense. Getting us here on the heels of that with the angle or with the gimmick that's on the line here, and that being if inner circle loses, they break up adds fuel to the fire of, of why and how this match makes sense theoretically and in reality. I'm, I'm excited. They, they have a lot to live up to based on last year's stadium stampede. Let's hope that they're a little bit safer uh, than they were at blood and guts and what occurred to Matt Hardy last year at stadium stampede. I think they will. I, I think that it's an exciting opportunity to have this happen in front of more fans. 
Um, I was texting with uh, with someone that I think you know, um, maybe you don't, uh, Tristan, who kind of lives in the Chicagoland area. Um, he's actually going down and he was saying how his attitude about this match changed because he thought it was going to only be in the stadium, but it's going to actually begin, I think, in front of the live fans and move to the stadium or something in that space. And he was just talking about how his view of how he'll enjoy this match as a live attendee of this show changed when he learned that information. Uh, it's going to be violent. It's going to be, I think, you know, brutal, for lack of a better word, and to to kind of discuss and or to to label like the the violence or the 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 struggle that'll be on display between these two two factions. This feud, I don't think, ends here either, uh, which is okay. Uh, when the destination for the finale is all out, maybe full gear, maybe who who knows. All of that being said, it feeds into how I make my pick here. I don't see the inner circle disbanding because this feud is not ending. Therefore, the inner circle is the is the winning team here, and then they kind of take the feud and it's it's and it's an equal. You know, we got one, you got one. We're not done. Uh, so, inner circle is my pick, uh, and I really am excited to see these five guys really go at it again. Yeah, I have been back and forth on this match so much, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, last year was a spectacle. Uh, I think this year is going to have less Gaga uh, as far as the comedy stuff. You know, obviously last year we had Matt Hardy, um, you know, changing outfits every four minutes. Um, we had... Uh, was that when Adam Page came in on the horse? I think. Uh, I think Sammy Guevara got ran over by a golf cart. Um, maybe that wasn't at Stadium Stampede. I can't remember. That might have been on Dynamite. But, um, anyways, there was a lot of haha um, within what was still a pretty brutal match last year. I don't think we get as much haha this year. I'm sure there'll be a, a thing or two um, because I just don't think the guys in AEW can help themselves, but to do some ha um, in a match like this, but uh, you know, that BTE um, stuff just finds its way in. Um, and that, and that's fine. You can have a little, little bit of that. I think this match needs less of it though, because it's such a heated, not that it wasn't heated last year, but this has been such a heated um, kind of blood feud literally so far um, that I think it needs less of that. So, and, and it sounds like, again, from listening to Tony Khan, um, like he understands that. And like he he's planning on this being a different uh, stadium stampede match. Uh, I do think they need to have some of it happening in front of the live crowd as much as they can because you have a live crowd. Last year you didn't, so that was a perfect time to do whatever you wanted because you didn't have anybody there anyways. So if the pinnacle wins, A you're putting them over as a dominant faction. They just took out the inner circle, two straight big matches and disbanded the inner circle. You were putting them on par with the elite, frankly. Um, and, and I could see that if that happened, I would be super excited to see Santana and Ortiz, um, hopefully move into a prominent role in the tag division where I think they just haven't been utilized, uh, as well as they should be because they've been involved in the inner circle stuff. So that would excite me. Sammy Guevara, um, 
moving into a singles role, you know, away from this would be. If the pinnacle wins, I think it's because somebody from the inner circle turns. And Sammy kind of seems to be the most likely, um, although he kind of had a quasi turn and then turn back thing that happened there, you know, around setting up the pinnacle. In the end, it really wasn't a turn. It was Sammy was right all along. But is that the thing that makes Sammy go, you know what? I was right all along and nobody listened to me. Um, and so screw you and kicks Chris Jericho out of section 406 or something. I don't know. Um, so there's part of me that thinks that could happen. I've also had the exact same thought you did of Pinnacle One Blood and Guts, Inner Circle One Stadium Stampede. They have a losers must die match at all out. I don't know where you go from this. I like I just don't know what that match could be other than and it feels a little hokey to say this, the losing faction must disband, not just the inner circle, but now the pinnacle is also on the ropes, you know, as to whether they can be a thing. Eh, that feels a little too hokey for me. Um, yeah, I don't know, Tom. Uh, we are different on two picks, I believe, so far, because I have Mox and Kingston, and I have, uh, who is the other one? A go-go, and you have Cody. Um, so my part of, I'll admit, part of my strategy here is do I just stay with you so that we only have two differences and I could make it up, but I also can't fall more than four behind if I lose both of those matches? Um, or do I just take the shot and uh, go with the pinnacle? And I, I still haven't made up my mind as I'm saying this, which is why I'm stalling a little bit on this, Tom. Um, because really, I can see this is a this is a real pick for me. It really is. And it's not just the strategy of this head-to-head. Um, it really is a a pick them. Um, oh, I don't know what to do here, but um, you know what? I came into this podcast pretty sure I was going to pick the pinnacle. So I'm staying with it. I'm going to go the pinnacle. I'm going to put them over as the new dominant faction. And I'm totally going to be wrong on Sunday because I really like your one and one idea, Tom. And I've had that same thought and wrestled with it, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I said. I'm going to go with the pinnacle. That's what I was coming in ready to say. Um, and I'm just going to go with it. And I've crossed out my answer three times on the sheet. I'm writing these down on um, because I've changed my mind that many times as I've tried to figure this out. So there we go. We have three differences with two, a two match difference. So I might be just throwing dirt on my grave or, Maybe I'm resurrected like the Undertaker here and uh, <laughs> going to take the lead. But uh, our three differences, as I've just mentioned, are I have Anthony Ogogo, you have Cody. I feel pretty good about that one, actually. I have Mox and Kingston, you have Young Bucks, flip a coin. And I have the Pinnacle and you have the Inner Circle. And the more after I've said the Pinnacle, the more I'm not feeling so great about that. Um, I, 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 pre- I appreciate you sticking to your guns, though, because there's, there's something to be said about trusting your gut because that's often where like you're you're you've got enough to support that so kudos to you uh i hope you're wrong and i'll see you next week (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kudos to me for trusting my gut which has led me to lose the last two six month uh, competitions between us on this but uh that's okay um yeah so there we have it the picks are in for aew's double or nothing uh, double or nothing, 
double or nothing. Um, but uh, I hope that if you get a chance to watch this, uh, you, Tom, and you, everybody who's listening to this, uh, this Sunday night, I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you have fun with it. I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Watch some good wrestling, whether it's double or nothing or Ring of Honor TV or SmackDown. Don't watch Raw. Don't do that to yourselves. Unless you enjoy Raw. And hey, if you enjoy Raw, God bless you. Um, and, and keep enjoying it. That's fine. Um, I'm glad somebody is, if that's the case. Because I'm sure not. And, um, and we have we have discussed that, you know, we, we were proactive in, before we recorded this, looking ahead to next week. And as of right now, we are planning to come back and record a recap of this and fallout from this show. We'll be recording again, because I had forgotten, and I'm glad that you brought it up. They are not back live next Wednesday. They're going to be back live next Friday. So we'll be coming back and giving you our thoughts on just Double or Nothing and maybe tonight's AEW before they come back and do kind of the, the aftermath TV show. So that'll be another interesting thing um, that is not very common when we do when we do our takes. So I'm excited for that, and uh, I trust that when we get together next week, uh, the universe will still align for uh, that to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, when we have that conversation next week, what have they announced for Dynamite that evening um, and, and kind of where – where do we see things going from there? So I think that'll be that'll be a fun way to look at it, a little bit different for us. Um, and then uh, we'll have uh, Hell in a Cell picks won't be that weekend. Uh, it'll be another week or two, uh, a couple of weeks before that. So and, and it's in your house first, and then and then Hell oh, in a right. Cell. Yep. That's right. Yeah. In your house actually before um, Hell in a Cell. That's right. Uh, no no head to head next week for the NWA pay per view because uh, I don't think anyone wants to watch the NWA. Uh, I am excited though, really totally, really quick aside, I'm excited. There's a company that runs in Chicago called Warrior Wrestling. I think I've mentioned this on the, on the podcast before, and they're coming back for a series of stadium shows uh, this summer. And next Saturday, June 5th is the first one. Um, and they've got, they have a, a match they call uh, the War of Attrition match. It starts as an eight man tag. And the winning team of that, the four people who win that match, then go into fall number two, which is a tag team match. So those four people break into two tag teams. And whoever wins that tag team match then goes to fall three, which is a singles match between the tag team that just won. And then the winner is declared the winner. And usually it's for a title. They've done it for their warrior championship. They've done it for the women's championship. They're adding a Lucha championship uh, to warrior wrestling. And so they have this crazy eight man Lucha match. That's then going to turn into a crazy two man or four man tag match. That then's going to occur I'm looking forward. I'm I'm hoping to watch that show. It's 20 bucks on fight um, or for 45 bucks, you can order all their stadium shows, which is like four or five of them this summer. Um, so I might see if I can actually pull that off because at 20 bucks a show, that's a screaming deal to get like four shows for 45 bucks. Um, will I have time to watch them all? Who knows? But uh, Kylie Ray is also making her return to wrestling uh, at that show uh, next weekend. So anyways, Total aside, but that's something I'm looking forward to in the coming week as well. Uh, maybe I'll have a little more to say about that next Friday when we have a little more time. We've already gone over an hour 45, so we don't want to go double Broadway on this. Uh, Tom, anything else about AEW or any other thing? No, I can't wait to double down on double or nothing. I just hope I can actually double down on double or nothing. Yeah, I hope the house takes your money, and that's me. So, uh <laughs> that was terrible. Anyways, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, stay safe out there. We will talk to you next week. Everybody, take care.